الحديث الخامس وعندنا فيث حديث كتاب عمدة الأحكام written by عبد الغني عبد الواحد المقدسي رحمه الله he said عن أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا يبولن أحدكم في الماء الذي لا يجري ثم يغتسل منه ولمسلم لا يغتسل أحدكم في الماء الدائم وهو جنوب The Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم said لا يبولن أحدكم One of you should not urinate أحدكم One of you في الماء in a water الذي ذا water لا يجري does not move a still water and after he urinates what did he do ثم يغتسل منه and then he has a bath inside it from it he has a bath from it ولمسلمين and the wording of Imam Muslim was لا يغتسل one of you should not have a bath أحدكم في الماء الدائم water which is still وهو جنوب whilst he's in a state of جلابة this hadith Imam al-Bukhari رحمه الله he narrated it in his sahih كتاب الوضوء باب البول في الماء الدائم so Imam al-Bukhari narrated this hadith in كتاب الوضوء also الإمام مسلم narrated this hadith in كتاب الطهارة two different narrations within كتاب الطهارة two different riwayat the first one um, he, uh, it was chaptered under the heading of باب النهي عن البول في الماء الراكد and the other one is باب النهي عن الاغتسال في الماء الراكد the Sahabi who narrated the hadith his ترجمة his biography Abu Huraira we've taken so we're not going to go over it again we took it when we were on the second hadith what does this hadith deal with this hadith deals with حكم البول the ruling of urine in the still water and to have bath inside it from major impurity from major impurity the wording of the hadith the Prophet said this is a prohibition this is prohibition and the intent behind it is prohibiting to urinate in a water which is still, that doesn't move. The first part of the hadith explains the second part of the hadith. The first riwayah, it says, لا يبولن أحدكم في الماء الذي لا يجري في الماء الذي لا يجري The water that does not, that does not move. The other riwayah, which is the wording of a Muslim, is لا يغتسل أحدكم في الماء الدائم دائم the interpretation is in the other hadith what does it mean اي الذي لا يجري دائم the definition of it is الذي لا يجري it's the thing that doesn't move دائم means still still water we will come to the fiqh regarding that ثم after he urinates in the water ها he urinates he takes a bath from it the prophet prohibited that عليه الصلاة والسلام Whilst he's in a state of Janaba, which is a um, Janaba is 
Anything that having a bath, you have to come with. Anything that will necessitate you to have a bath. Such as what? Min jima'in, a sexual intercourse. Or inzali maniyin, or your many coming out from you. Many is? Huh? Uh, semen. This now is whether it's through sexual intercourse and it coming out. You might wonder and say to yourself, what's the difference between sexual intercourse and water urine coming out? Uh, sorry, semen coming out. La. The sexual intercourse, in Zalul Mali, is not a condition if the two genita meet. The, the Prophet said, if the two genitals meet one another, the having of the bath, so a man and his wife meet. Huh? And then somehow, one, one way or another reason, whatever the case is, they have to stop. They'll say, Even if nothing went in, The ghusl, which is the bath, is wajib. Are you with me? It's wajib. This hadith also shows us another thing, which is, If the two circumcised, that's what the hadith says. It says, this is to show you that the women have to be circumcised and it's mandatory on them as much as it's mandatory upon the men. لا فرق بينهما. Wherever narration that is used to make it obligatory on the male is also what was, is made obligatory for the women. لا فرق بينهما. And this hadith is one of the hadith that indicate that the women have to be circumcised. Like in there are now circumcisions which are wahshi. Huh? which basically is incorrect and it's got no basis in Islam with, which is when the woman is mutilated. The mutilation is not from our religion, has no basis in our religion. The mutilation has no base and no place in our religion for the women's genital to be mutilated. Circumcision is that the Prophet ﷺ said to the women, he said, cut the top layer of it. This, whatever comes out from the two sides of the meat, whatever comes out, that's slightly just cut that off. But, but countries back home, they cut her, they sew her, like a sewing machine. They sew her, and they only leave a little part which she can urinate from, or where her uh, blood comes out from. And that is not from our religion. So, the hadith tells us, whilst the person is in a state of janaba, whilst the person is in a state of janaba, do not have a bath from that water. The fiqh in the hadith. The fiqh of the hadith. The first point is, the, the first fiqh that we get from this hadith is the prohibition of uh, uh, to urinate in water which is still, uh, that doesn't move. That doesn't move. Number two, which is the prohibition of urinating. The reasoning of why it's prohibited is the second one, is لِأَلَّا so the person does not make the water impure. And also the prohibition of having a bath in a, or cleaning yourself from a water in which if you urinate in, you're going to have to have a bath from it later. The people in the city, this is the only water they use. This is the only water you use. And you're now urinating in it. Hey, what are you going to use later to have a bath from? So don't do it. Because what's going to happen is that the people are going to, the people are going to, um, so the two things that are prohibited in the hadith is don't go into the water and dip in whilst you're in a state of janaba. Because the people, the people are not going to have a drink or, and eat or drink and use a water in which somebody who had state of janaba went in. Are you with me? And uh, 
the, and urinate inside their water. So what does the Sharia want you to do? Go to the side of the water and take your bucket and use it like that, from outside. So take it and go out there far and clean yourself with it like that. As it's in the Sahih riwayah of Abu Hurairah in Sahih al-Muslim. Because the hadith in Sahih al-Muslim is different from the wording in Sahih al-Bukhari, al-Muslim. The Muslim's wording by itself, it says, لا يغتسل أحدكم في الماء He should not have a bath inside the water. The word fi is used. The word fi is in. So what's prohibited is for you to have the, a bath inside the water. Whilst in a state of janaba. So what are you allowed? The fiqh is that the word fi says in. So what are you allowed? You're allowed to do minhu. Ah, from it. You're not allowed to have in it, but you're allowed to have uh, janaba, ghusl from it. So you take a bucket and you do your cleaning outside. So that's the point you have to ponder on. Number three. The water that moves has a different ruling to the still water. If the water is moving and it's not still, then it's not the same ruling as the water that stands. Where did they get that from? The opposite understanding. Because the hadith prohibited by way of utterance, it prohibited. What did it prohibit? It prohibited the water that stands. So what does that mean? If the water is moving, then you can urinate inside it. If you want to, or you can also have a janaba from it. You're allowed to, and the reason is because if the water is moving, when the janaba, when the person urinates in it, the next one that's going to come is going to clean it. So water is going to move. By the time the people want to drink from it, your urine is gone somewhere far. It's gone. Does that make sense? It goes far. Number four. <coughs> this hadith. Mahmolun, it is interpreted and understood to mean water which is little. According to the scholars of knowledge, the people of knowledge, the scholars, they consider that this hadith is referring to water which its amount is very little. Which, uh, the reason why um, the scholars, they say that is because um, the hadith which is going to come to us, which is the hadith of Qullatayn. The, the Prophet said, If the water reaches Qullatayn, huh? if the reach, it's a gallon, if a water reaches a gallon, it does not take impurity. That's what they said. The hadith of Prophet If the water reaches a gallon, it doesn't. Um, That we, that's the fiqh of the hadith. The ulama have disputed one another. The ulama have disputed one another. And that's the last point, which is the prohibition in this hadith. Is it nahyul lit tahrim or nahyul lil karaha? Because the prohibition, those two types is what, they come, what it comes in. Is the prohibition here because it's haram? Or is the prohibition here is because it's disliked? Which of the two is it? There is three views regarding madahib. Three views. The Malikiya scholars, they believe karaha, that it's disliked. The Hanabila and the Zahiriya believe tahrim, it is prohibition. The third view is the third which was, they took the view is it is haram. When the water is little. Makruhun is disliked 
fil kathiri when the water is a lot. So the water is a lot, it's disliked. Why are you going to urinate even if it's a lot? But it's haram when it's little. And that third view seems the strongest. That third view, which is the, the view of the Shafi'iyah, seems the strongest. The, la, the other dispute that, that occurred, which is, the other is the water that is urinated in. The water that is urinary, urinated. Does it remain upon its purity? Or does it become impure? If a person goes and urinates in a still water, do we say that this water is pure? Or do we say it's not pure? There's also um, three views regarding this as well. Are you with me? They said, If it changes, if it changes, they said, if it changes, the change occurs from how many places? Three places. The color, the smell, and the look. Sorry, the color, which is what you see, the, uh, the smell, and the taste. Those three. If it changes from any of those three, that water is what? It's impure. That is a consent. The first one is, That's a consent. Once it changes, there's no khilaf on this issue. The second one is that, What about if the water hasn't changed? And it's a lot, but it hasn't changed. The taste hasn't changed. The smell hasn't changed. Even the look hasn't changed. And the water is a large amount. The second view, the second madhab is, This water remains upon its original essence. Nothing has removed it from its original essence. Third, which is, If the water is little, غير متغير ها if it's little if it's little إن كان إذا كان قليلا if the water is little غير متغير but it hasn't changed nor has the color changed nor has the smell changed and nor has the taste changed nothing has changed and it's little and the strongest is that فالصحيح فالصواب they said عدم تنجسي that the water we won't consider to be impure with those three views they all, those three points, uh, is what brings the issue to uh, an answer. Which is, that the water, its impurity is in two things. The amount and the changing. The quantity of the water and how big and large the water is, or whether the water is changed or not. That's how it is. Are you with me? So if the water changes and it's a lot, we're just going to say it's impure. It has to be all the conditions. It has to be large in number, quantity, and it doesn't change. If it's little, and it hasn't changed, it's better that the person leaves it. But, it doesn't matter. It still, it still can be used. Now.